Thank you so much for checking out our podcast. We hope today's message encourages, inspires, and empowers you to follow after Jesus like never before. Before we get into today's teaching, I want to invite you to join us live at one of our services at any of our three campuses in West Virginia, or join us as we stream live online. For more information or to save your seat at one of our services, visit our website, iheartchurch.online. Now let's check out today's message. Yeah, this week, uh, I, was, I was out of town uh, last weekend. Uh, I was speaking in Louisiana at Pastor Mark's church, and you know Pastor Q did a phenomenal job of filling in. It's always awesome that when you when you leave, that you've got people that you can uh, know are going to take care of the sheep and and do well and speak and invest in uh, them. But when we got back, uh, we actually had some of our missionaries that we support. Uh, the Levines were in, and and they they've got some work that they're doing in. Uh, in Israel, and they've got dental clinics and and some foster care things and and things that they do there, and and some uh, you know just social aid and stuff in the community. And we were just kind of talking through ministry as a whole. You know, they they've been in the states for a little period of time, and and uh, while they've been here, like there's been a bunch of craziness going on, uh, even within Israel and changes of things and 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 things that have made uh, even when they go back that that it could be a little. Uh, uh, chaotic. It could be a, a little harder for them to share the gospel and things uh, when they, they get back into the, the, the nation there. And we were just talking through just what we see in the world as a whole. You know, uh, I love getting around other Christian leaders and just beginning to talk about things that we see. And, and we were talking about how like you, you kind of see these waves that come and you see like a wave of blessing. And then it's like, followed by a wave of chaos, and then a wave of blessing followed by, anybody felt like that's your life? Like you got that roller coaster, it's like, all things are going great, all hell broke loose. All things are going great, all hell broke loose. It's just kind of that thing, and and so we were kind of talking through that, and it it was at one point in time, it seemed like they were farther, like it was, you're you're in a season of blessing for a period of time, and and you're able to enjoy it and everything, and then it seems like it, it, then, you know, the chaos comes, and then you're back in the blessing, and, and it's just kind of farther. But as Melody was kind of talking, she was like, it just seems like they're coming closer together. And she started doing her hand like this. And when she started doing her hand like that, I, I thought back to when she was uh, in, in the delivery room getting ready to uh, have our children. And, you know, they hooked the monitor up to the, the mom's belly to measure the contractions and how far apart they are. And it draws the little wave that comes up during the contraction. And then it goes down. And, and when it starts out, you know, you're in there and they're like, four or five minutes apart, and the closer it gets, it starts increasing more. The the things get closer together, but the waves get even higher and and more intense. And and I started thinking about that, like, uh, and what the Bible says, it it just kind of triggered the thought of of what Jesus uh, talked about in Matthew chapter 24. In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus talked about the last days, and, and he said this, and he says, see to it that no one will deceive you, for many will come in my name and they will claim that I am the Christ and, and they will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. So all the chaos that we see in the world today, God doesn't want us to be upset about it and, and everything. The, the wars, he, he doesn't want this to be something that brings terror into our hearts. 
He, in fact, he says these things must happen. They're going to happen. But he even says the end isn't yet. So even though these things are happening, it doesn't mean that Jesus is coming back for us tomorrow and we're just going to go. He says all this has to happen. It's part of the plan. The end is still to come. And he goes on. He says nation will raise up against nation. We talked about before how that means ethnos will raise up against ethnos or, or ethnicity against ethnicity and people group against people group. And you see around the world where there's all kinds of different you know, tribal wars or, or racism things and all that stuff. He, he's saying that this is part of what you'll see in the last days. Kingdom against kingdom. He says there will be famines and there will be earthquakes in various places. But then he said this, all of these are just the beginning of the birth pains. So when we see all the things that we see, it doesn't mean, he says, at the first one, the end is still going to come. It's got to happen. It's still, the end isn't there yet. And here he says, when we see the wars and rumors of wars and all that stuff, it's just the beginning of these things. And he kind of, you know, and, and he, he refers it to the birth pains. And, and just like a mother, when she goes to give birth, the contractions get closer together, closer together, and they get more intense. And that's what we're seeing in the church world today is we're seeing those waves that, that they're, they're getting closer together. And, but they're also, the, the attacks and stuff seem like they increase and it seems like it gets more intense the more that you go. The, in the world today, the anti-Christianity Thing and stuff, it, it's more intense than it's ever been before. You can pretty much have the right in a lot of things to believe and say anything as long as you don't say anything about Jesus. Probably one of the most offensive things that you can do today is talk about Jesus. And it didn't used to be that way. And it didn't get there overnight. It got there over a period of time of where things would go good and then things drop and then it just kind of goes. And but when we look at it, sometimes we'll get in panic mode because we see all of it and, and get fearful. And Jesus is like, we, I don't want people to be fearful about these things. I, I, I don't want people to be worried about these things. And when you think about it in relation to pregnancy, you know, the, the, if, if a mom is getting ready to give birth, you, the closer they get to that time, the, the discomfort gets, there's more discomfort. You get to the, the point in time when, when you're, uh, you know, three or four weeks before pregnancy and like you're just kind of pushing down the baby a little bit to kind of get a breath in and stuff. I, I remember many times Melody would just be walking like this, just with her hands just kind of on the top of her belly, just kind of pushing down just a little bit to, to be able to breathe because it gets uncomfortable. You, it, it's harder to get comfortable to sleep and all those things and, and everything. And then as it goes on and you start actually hitting labor, then the closer you get to the point of the, the birth, the more painful things get. But it's that baby that allows you to endure the pain. It's the promise of, I get to hold a little mini-me. I, I, I get to hold this, this blessing from God. And it's the same way in our, in our life and in our walk with today the pain that we go through precedes the promise that God is getting ready to bring. 
that it, it, when he does this, so if you look at this in the, the, the thing of end times, the intensity and the pain of the persecution and things like that are leading to the promise of the return of Jesus. But in the same way, in our lives, sometimes some of the most painful things that we go through are actually leading us into the next phase of promise that God is getting ready to bring us into. And we don't need to withdraw from the pain. We need to realize that the pain is the sign that new birth is getting ready to take place. The most painful time for a mother is right at that point when, when, when they're getting ready to push and getting ready to deliver. The pain gets the most intense right at the time when the head is crowned and the shoulders are getting ready to come through. But the very next thing that you hear is the cry of the promise that you've been waiting for. And there's so many people that I feel like the level of intensity and pain that you're going through, that God is saying, it's, it's right on the other side. The promise is waiting. God is, God, Jesus is letting us know that in our lives there's going to be all these things happen because he doesn't want us to be caught by surprise in this. Like in the world thing, he doesn't want us to be caught by surprise by, and, and, and afraid of, of the, the unknown and, and the future and everything. He wants us to realize that there are going to be some things and times and seasons where there's pain in our life. But if we'll embrace the pain, we'll get to the promise. And when you look through Scripture, I know in America there's this gospel that, you know, it's all blessing, it's all prosperity, it's all whatever. And if you're not walking in prosperity or you're not walking in blessing and everything isn't going great, then you must have done something wrong. You must have got God angry at you and now he's punishing you and all of that. No, guys, pain is part of life. Ecclesiastes talks about a, a time for uh, a time to be happy and a time to be sorrowful, a time to build up, a time to tear down, like all these different things. He says these are these are going to be the things that you see in life. There's parallels. There's 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 extreme polar opposites that take place in life, and that's just part of life. And in Scripture, you'll see some people. I want to talk about two people this morning that you see pain in their life, but you also see. The way that they handled the pain, the way that they embraced the pain, the way that they went through it. Uh, the, one of the, the first people that came to mind was Job. And, and I just finished reading the, the book of Job uh, last month. And, and, and it just kind of, there was things that just kind of stood out in, in it. And again, and, you know, Job goes through this period of time where he loses everything. He, I mean, his, he, he finds out that his animals have been stolen, that, that, that uh, you know, his children have have died in a tragedy and, and all these things. Like he loses all of his possessions that he has. But in Job chapter 1, you see Job's response to this. And in verse 20, it says, Job arose when he heard all of these things and he shaved his head and he fell to the ground and he worshipped. He worshipped. Sometimes one of the last things we feel like doing when things are going wrong in our life is worshiping God. But here, this was Job's first response. 
he went through the morning. I mean, it says, you know, he shaved his head. He, he, he tore his robe. He, he didn't deny the pain and the anguish that he was in. But he fell on his knees and he worshipped. And he said, naked I came into the, uh, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will return. The Lord gave, and the Lord can take away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. Talk about perspective. I think sometimes one of the biggest things that we need to get when we're in the middle of a time of pain is we need to get perspective. He had the perspective of, I came into this world with nothing. So anything that I've had for any period of time, thank God for the time that he gave that to me. I know where it came from. It only came from God. And so I'm not going to be focused on the fact that I don't have it anymore in my life. I'm going to be grateful and worship God for the opportunity that I had to even have it in my life. Because, guys, there's some people who don't have those periods of, of blessing like we see in our life. There, there's people all around the world who don't have the blessing of being able to live in a nation where they can come together and, and worship God openly. They don't have the blessing of being able to serve in the community. They don't, they don't have the blessing of being able to speak about their faith and everything. Because if they did that, they could be imprisoned or, 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 or murdered or, or tortured or any of those things. But, guys, we're blessed. And we need to realize that God's given us these blessings, not for us to just hold on to, but we need to realize that God has given us these blessings, that in the time of blessing, that we can be a blessing to as many people that, we're, that we come in contact with. But then in the times of pain, realize that we were blessed for having the blessing in the beginning. And take the time to begin to worship God. You know, I can't imagine the, the pain of losing a small child when you had him. I, I know when uh, Melody, uh, it was before Elias, Melody was pregnant and we lost a baby in, in the second trimester. And, you know, you think you're out of that that zone where it's kind of a danger thing and you get in second trimester so you start kind of planning more about things and, and I remember even just the the despair and everything and just that pain and like anger and just different things of emotions that came up just from that because you're you're so excited about having the baby and everything and and we had some friends in Louisiana though and they actually had their baby and and, uh, and they had their baby for eight months, and I think she was about eight months old, a beautiful little baby girl. And, and uh, one, one day the mom put the, the baby into the, the bed and for a nap and went on, and she did her uh, normal kind of morning things and stuff, you know, while she was uh, taking care, uh, while the baby was sleeping. And, and uh, it seemed like the baby was taking a little bit of a longer nap, and so she went in to check on her and found that her baby had, had died. And I remember, like, <laughs> the, 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 the reaction that they had, like, I don't know that I could have this reaction. Because they very much had, like, a Job-like reaction. They, when people started showing up and, and checking on them and stuff, they were like, we just got to get to church. 
Can, can we be in, we just got to be in God, can, can we get somebody there to help lead worship? We just got to be in God's house and we just got to worship. The church got worship leader there and just had a little worship service there. And they, they released that baby. I, I can't imagine the pain that they had to go through of holding that baby getting to know their personality and all of those things. And then it seemed like it's taken away. But yet their response was, I just got to get in God's house. I just got to worship him. So many of us, we get angry at God for far more. And we withdraw from God, or for far less, and we withdraw from God for far less. And I believe we need to look at it and get perspective. Listen, worship is one of the greatest things you can do to gain perspective. Because worship takes your focus off your current situation and puts your focus on how big God is. And when you can begin to see how big your God is, it can begin to bring some faith and some trust in. And you know, back to Job, Job's body begins to be afflicted and he's in all this pain and turmoil with with sores and boils and all of this. And, and, and he's already lost everything and now he's lost his health. And, and his wife is there with him and, and his wife looks at him in verse 9 and says, you know, are you, are you still trying to maintain your integrity? Like curse God and just die. Like get rid, this God obviously hasn't done anything for us. He's taken our kids, he's taken our wealth, he's taken our blessing. God's cruel, he's unfair. Just curse him and just go on with life. Pull away. Listen, we will always have people in our ear who will come and tell us those type of things. Why? Because it's easier to stay in that place. It's easier to, to get angry and to blame God and to, to shift all that focus toward him and, and all of that versus saying that God... I don't understand this and I don't like this. But God, I trust you. And no matter what situation I'm going through right now, you are a God who is big enough to turn all things to the good of those who love the Lord according to his purpose. That you are big enough. God, I, I trust that you love me. And that you're not just there to try to punish me and destroy me. Job looks at his wife and he said, you're talking foolishly. That's foolish talk. Shall we only accept the good things from God and never accept anything bad? And so in all this, Job did nothing wrong. You see, Job had the perspective. He's like, we can't just serve God for the things he gives us. And then when things don't work out the way that we want, reject him. He, we need to be determined that he is going to be God of my life. Not just in the good times, but in the bad times as well. That we're going to embrace him in the bad times. We're going to trust him in the bad times. It shows just a trust in, in who God is and in the character of God and what he wanted to do in his life. We need to make sure that we're not people who just serve God when everything's great. 
or when we agree with everything or when we understand everything. But in the middle of our pain, that we trust God and love God enough that we know that God has purpose for every pain that we go through in our life. That if God bottles every tear, that he, he, he's not oblivious to the pain that we have in our life. He's there catching your tears. That's how close God is in the moments of pain. The Bible tells us in Psalms 34 that God is near to the brokenhearted. In the times of pain are the times when you can be nearer to God than you've ever been before if you're looking for him. But so many of us, we don't look for him in the pain. We just focus on the pain. Or we allow others to convince us that the pain is God's fault. That the pain is just punishment. But can I tell you something, guys? Sometimes the pain is just pain. We live in a fallen world. God didn't create the world to be a world full of pain. God created the world to be perfection. There was no pain. There was no death. There was no fighting. There were no wars in the garden. You know how all that stuff came? Us. God didn't bring all that into the world. We did. So why are we going to blame him for what we did? And say it's punishment. No, it's natural consequences of life. It's the natural consequences of a fallen world. Paul is another person who had perspective. Paul went through all kinds of craziness. He listed out some of the things that he went through in his life in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And he talks about uh, some of the Jews. He says, are, are they servants of Christ? Well, I'm a better one. I'm talking uh, like a, a madman uh, with far greater labors and Far more imprisonments and countless beatings. Come on, when you've been beat so many times, you can't, you don't even know how many times you've been beat. And he, like most of us, the first time that we took any type of punishment for serving Jesus, we'd be like, I'm done. Ain't doing that again. I'm just going to shut my mouth because if I shut my mouth, there's no pain there. I'm not going to speak that truth. I'm not going to say that thing because there's going to be some type of whipping. There's going to be some type of backlash if I say those things or if I tell people about things or if I warn people about things and stuff. So I'm, I'm just going to be quiet. And Paul's like, nah, I've been in prison. I've been beaten, oftentimes near death. So not just beaten, but beaten to the point where he's almost dead. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the 40 lashes less one. The 39 things that Jesus took across his back, Paul took it five times. Three times I was beaten with rods. I was once stoned. He's not talking about getting high. It's, it's, he's not, this isn't confession. Like People throwing rocks. To the point of where they thought he was dead, that's why they stopped throwing rocks. And according to another story that he tells, he may have actually died and came back, to, came back to his body. God may have sent him back. Because he tells this story of this man who's taken up into the third heaven. And, and he doesn't know whether he was in the body or out of the body. He just knows what God showed him. He said, I've been shipwrecked. A day and a night I stayed adrift in the sea on frequent journeys. 
I was in danger from rivers and danger from robbers and danger from people and danger from Gentiles and danger in the city and danger in the wilderness and danger at sea and danger from false brothers. Like, who says that Christianity and the call of God isn't going to lead you into dangerous places? Paul said, my whole life I've been in danger. And sometimes, it's by, sometimes it was the Gentiles and sometimes it was the church. Well, it was the Pharisees that were throwing stones at him. It wasn't the Gentiles. It was the people in the church that were throwing the stones at him. I went through all of these things. In, in toil and hardship, many sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure, and apart from all of these other things, there was the daily pressure of my anxiety for all of the churches. I'm just saying, before I started pastoring, I had more hair, <laughs> and it wasn't gray on the sides. I felt the anxiety. I know the pain. And I've, I'm only pastoring one church. Paul is, was pastoring multiple churches around. I can't imagine that pressure of seeing. I mean, that's why he's writing the letters of Corinthians. He sees the chaos that's going on in the Corinth church. So he's, he's heartbroken. He's writing the letters hoping that people will turn and change He's writing letters to encourage people to not be distracted by things, to not give up. He, he, he's, he's writing letters to the church in Thessalonica. No, Jesus hasn't came back yet. Don't, don't worry about those things. Keep your eyes on, on the target, on what we're doing. Like He's constantly seeing chaos and things that he can't change. Things that he wishes he could change. Things that he, he wished that he could do differently. And the stress and the pressure, and yet, he just continues to do what he does. And earlier in this letter, after all of those things that he just listed, earlier in this letter, let me listen to the way he describes what he's gone through. In 2 Corinthians 4, verse 17, he says, This is light and momentary affliction. This is light. Some of us... There's so much pressure because somebody didn't accept their Alvanto request to serve on a Sunday. And I just can't do this anymore. These people, they won't answer me back. I, I send them texts. I invite them in. I can't do it anymore. Too much pressure. They asked me to serve twice this month. Can you believe? Oh, it's too much pressure. I can't do it. Way too much. Yeah, I've been beaten, I've been shipwrecked, I've been in prison, I've been left for dead multiple times, I've been stoned to death, I've been. But that's just lightweight. That's nothing. It's just a flesh wound. Some of you Monty Python people will get that. Why? It wasn't that those things weren't hard and difficult and stressful and anxiety and, and painful and everything. It was what he was comparing it to. There is nothing, nothing compared to what I've seen in heaven. There's no hell on earth that will distract me 
from knowing where I'm going. And the eternal weight, the eternal, the eternal, the eternal weight of glory. This temporal weight. Like Paul was like, at times he's like, I don't know. You know, I don't know if it would be better for me to die or stay. You know, for me it would be better for me to die because then I get to go to heaven. And I get to avoid all this pain. But if me going through the pain means that I can reach one more soul. If it means I can, I can, I can touch one more person. Then I'll take the pain. I'll take the beatings. I'll take whatever. Because all of this is temporary. And this old body that is probably beaten to the point of reckoning. There were times that things that showed like that Paul couldn't see real well. And that, that Paul would even have trouble writing and all these different things. You can think if you've been beat that bad that many times, how messed up your body would be. But he knew that body was temporary. That one day he would have an eternal one. Guys, we have to zoom out and we have to gain the bigger picture. That what we're going through now is temporary. The pain that we're pressing in now, the inconveniences that we're going through now, the anxieties that we're going through now, the weights that we're carrying now are nothing compared to what we're getting ready to receive if we just hold on. But not only for us of what we're going to receive, but there needs to be a level of selflessness for us that I am willing to take a hit for someone else to receive the same, the same eternal promise and stuff that I'm waiting for and that I'm looking toward. And so when you fight and the enemy comes and he attacks, when the pain gets real, the pain gets intense, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not, I'm not giving up. Because this is nothing compared to the eternal weight of glory that I'm going to receive. The anxiety that I feel, the pressure that I feel, it's nothing compared. So I'm not going to back off. I'm going to press in. Paul wrote to the church in Philippi, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 14. He said, I press toward the goal. I, I, I press toward the goal of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And that word press means some resistance, right? If you do a bench press, what do you do? You put weight on your chest and you press the weight off and it's the resistance that actually makes you stronger you know if you want to stay weak then just sit there and lift the bar over and over again and you know what you're going to do you're not going to gain any real strength you're not going to develop you, you may even you may cut up a little bit you may do things like that you know because because of just repetition and muscle movement and all those things, it's naturally going to have some benefits. But you're not going to get any stronger. 
But when you add weight and you press, and you keep pressing, you keep pressing, you keep pressing. And you throw on a little bit more weight and you keep pressing, you keep pressing, you keep pressing. And what happens? You develop strength. You develop muscle that's usable. Guys, I think that's why God allows the, the things to get more intense. It's because he, he sees, okay, you've been able to handle this, but I want to get a little more strength in you. I'm going to throw two and a halfs on the end of the bar a little bit more. Just a little bit more. And sometimes it seems like it's not a two and a half he adds on the end. He's grabbing a 45-pound plate and putting it on there. Something, he's not going to let you sit there and struggle with that and stress and carry that. If he puts the weight on you, it's because he knows you can lift it, he knows what's in you. The next wave of attack, the next wave is God's thing, is, is God's affirmation of saying, Okay, you're ready for it now. Because I, I don't, I don't want to leave you where you are. I want to develop more muscle. I want to develop more things inside of you. There's things I want to do. And, and we can back off and be like, no, too heavy. Can't. I'm out. I'm out. But we can get ready. And we'll press. That word press in the Greek is uh, dioko. And dioko means this. It means to pursue with all haste, to aggressively chase after like a hunter pursues a catch, or to earnestly desire. He, he's not saying the call of God is something that I kind of want in my life. It'd be nice to fulfill the call of God in my life. That, guys, honestly, that's how we live our life so many times. It's like, yeah, I, I'm called. I had somebody tell me one time that I was called, so, yep. But what are you doing to get there? Are you pressing? Are you doing things to grow? Are you allowing, taking opportunities, things to, that will allow pressure, or are you just content to say that you're called? Paul said, no, I'm earnestly pursuing this thing. I am aggressively pursuing the call of God on my life. Guys, when we are pressed, we need to continue to press. When we feel the weight come, it's not lay there and let it just weigh on us to the point or, or suffocate us. You know, you get, you get caught. I, I remember when I was in high school, I was, uh, I took a weightlifting class and and, uh, you know, senior year, so you just take whatever you can to, you know, get a credit there. And so I took all my easiest stuff that I could possibly find there. And, and I'm in weightlifting, and I, I mean, I'm 145 pounds, 140 pounds, a little scrawny guy. And, and, and I get in there, and I watch all these other people kind of gain their weight a little bit quicker and everything. But, but I started building and everything, and I remember one day I was going for 195. Now, I know like Josh and some of these guys, they just kind of curl 195, but, you know, 
for me, that was, that was going to be a thing. That was way more, 50 pounds more than my weight and everything. And I remember getting that, and I was pressing it, and I felt it, and I got it up to about three quarters, and I kind of got locked in. And I, I was like, I was getting ready to just kind of do that, just to kind of push that. And when I did, my wrist snapped out of place, and that weight came down on my chest, and I felt my lungs completely deflate, and then the weight bounced. And I'm like, and my spotter caught it after. He didn't let it hit me twice. But I mean, I'm, I'm talking, I felt the wind go out, crack my collarbone, like it was painful in that moment. God doesn't spot us like that. He's not going to let the weight break you. He's not going to catch it late. He's watching and he's there. Come on, you got it. Come on, keep pushing. You got this. Keep pushing. You got this. Keep your eyes on me. Come on, come on. You got this. Come on, you can do this. He's cheering us on. Guys, the pain is developing. Purpose is developing. Muscle Developing an impact for the kingdom. We just got to get perspective. We can't be caught in the temporary. We've got to look at what the eternal is. And allow God to develop what he needs to develop in us. Because this isn't just about our eternity. It's about the eternity of those that are around us. And will we back off? when we feel pain or will we press in knowing that our God is able to fulfill the call of God to get us where we need to be and to accomplish all the things that he said he would accomplish if we'll just keep our hands on the bar and keep pressing we'll get there don't quit keep your eyes on God keep your eyes focused on him and how big he is. He's bigger than any weight. He's bigger than any obstacle. He's bigger than any sin. He's bigger than any struggle. He's bigger than any of your imperfections. And he's developing something in you. Press into the pain. Don't back off. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past messages. If you like what you're hearing, please rate and share. For more content, to connect with us, or if you'd like to support this ministry by giving, visit our website, iheartchurch.online. We love you and have a great day.